Hey. Hey there. Hello? Wait a second. Yeah, there we go. Hello, my name is Mac Johnston, and welcome to episode two of the archives transmitting data recording initiation module. My name is Beck Dustin, and yes, that was a voice that was very much attempting to be a recreation of an AI system. When I say it like that, it sounds super lame because an AI system, of course, isn't just a voice, right? It's an all-encompassing series of connections and synapses that are recreated in a digital sense through mechanization that enable us to completely recreate the sense of consciousness from a seed standpoint in which we can get a full idea of what it's like to create life, at least in a computer world. Now, what's even more funny than that? Having a reality in which, as an actor, you're a part of such a system already, in which you program the human consciousness into feeling more positive about itself, giving it documentary-style knowledge on the environment, and in some cases, doing a, like, what was it, like, 12-season-long TV show about two different brothers going on an adventure in a Chevy Impala that's jet black, listening to 80s music and killing demons and capturing ghosts and a whole lot of other crazy junk. Do you know what's terrifying about that reality? A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a group of individuals started a fandom. A fandom indeed. Now, when I say fandom, a lot of people don't really understand what a fandom is. A fandom, by definition, is a group of entities who have decided to create a sort of worship ceremony of varying aesthetics or expressions about a singular piece of media or a connections of, of a, a connection of several pieces of media as one single entity. The scary part about that is that during that long ago time period in Tumblr.com there was one specific fandom that crossed every line, every line, every sensibility, and created such an intense environment for a group of actors involving homosexuality and eroticism that they forever tainted the idea of being a fan of anything for a very long time. At least until the porn got taken off. That was pretty funny. Meanwhile, everyone's making commentary on there about feminism, and then, you know, and, and just to clarify, I am a feminist, self-proclaimed. But getting back to the point, under the guise of feminism, everyone is making commentary on the sex industry being debased in every singular fashion, which is a definite reality. While at the same time, using the aforementioned fandom system that I just described to create a hellish environment for a series of individuals 
who will begin who will be unnamed because it is a matter of opinion and circumstance in the end in which they were having to confront hardcore eroticism disruption of the sanctification of their relationships and of course a convention context in which they would consistently and constantly be harassed by younger to older women about the status of the sexuality of their own TV show to the extent of them being shipped together as real life people now i want to clarify once more in a different way that these actors were definitely of the same category of feminism that i claim to be from a belief in equality and of calling out specific instances of disturbing dissonance between the sexes in the varying spheres of influence we have as human beings and when to the extent in which that these actors were actively very good at going along with the I don't want to say joke but I mean a lot of times things would get very 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 out of hand considering the treatment that female actors have long since called out they would go even so much as to give each other very intimate hugs and to create many different small inside jokes about it to the point which they would would even bring their wives into it which i think is is a very admirable thing because for a lot of lgbt people they used to look at this sort of fandom as a as a sign of a resurgence of sorts and and it was very empowering overall to have those actors support it but again to go back to my original point it was a very disturbing time because it implied a standard of treatment for actors that was already being debased in the female sphere and that would eventually have to come to terms with the fact that if these actors were not actively comfortable with it it would have been a harassment that would have encompassed more than just simple sexuality but also encompassing an actual fandom fetishization of their physical bodies as well last episode i went on the LGBT community specifically in regards to the fact that there is a high degree of depression already associated with those individuals i want to point out that a lot of the depression is around the fact that apparently when people say the word gay they think of the word sex it's rather confusing to me because sex is not the word gay they're spelled completely different they have three letters i mean no doubt they have very interesting numerical similarities but overall gay and sex are not the same thing so what is a worse or better situation having the support of the lgbt community become more empowered because some actors decide to go along with the fetishization of their own acting or having gay individuals create more methods of expression that are independently sewn 
that enable them to make commentary without having to be dependent on the goodwill of actors who may or may not actively support the sort of envisions that they have. A clear line example, I would say, of an actual example of homosexuality in cultural format that increased gay presence in a much more potent process was the song Take Me to Church by Hoser. That song was so potent that just by view viewing the music video, you were forced into a specific side. At one point, the music video had a series of individuals dragging a gay lover into the forest so he could be killed. If you are in the position of watching that, you are either the person being dragged off or you are the perpetrators who are killing the gay person. That is the reality for the LGBT community. What is ironic here is a lot of the individuals who are fetishizing these people in the fandoms aren't actually gay. A lot of them were younger women, yes, which you definitely could also state that they, they have to deal with their own levels of sexualization, which is an entirely different thing. So the focus would be more with people who are self-degrading and use this fandom as an excuse to create harassment art for the sake of their own fetishization, which could have easily been outlitted through independent means, not including actual people who have not stated their sexuality and are most likely at one point or another uncomfortable with people shipping them with their own fellow employees. This is a back fact of the day. If you fetishize actors in a specific way that overarches their employment, all you're saying is you have no respect for the service industry. Just like with acting, the service industry is full of people who actively pose their bodies on a day-to-day -day basis so they provide a service for people who are actively watching them provide the service. If you actually put yourself in a position in which you are already doing that to people who make more money than you, can you imagine the level of treatment you will instinctively bestow upon people in the service industry? Many people would balk at that and say that they are very kind to service industry workers, to which I would say you're kind. You're kind. You're not a professional. You don't treat them like a working professional who is actively providing you a professional service. How would you treat a lawyer? I feel like that's the best way. If I was going to tell a person the right way to treat any single professional body, I would say treat them like how you would treat a lawyer who of whom you are trying to explain a legal case to. When you do that, every single person shows exactly how comfortable they are in that specific situation. If you're that kind to that person, you see exactly who they are and you see different sides of them depending on how comfortable they are with that current situation. And if not, a lot of people, and you will definitely notice this if you treat people poorly, will just clam up and give you a plastic version of themselves until you eventually go away. So here's the prime directive of that fact of the day. 
If you are fetishizing actors, I want you to keep in mind that when you make art, the last thing I'd imagine you want is someone looking at you and assuming that you do things with your body that you may not know that you want to do yet. And if you do that to service industry workers, the same applies and you're doing it in a much more personal sense because you're working right beside them. Isn't life crazy? You could go from managing a Tumblr art account and then out of nowhere people could be accusing you of terrorism, domestic terrorism, or even so much as, as sexual harassment. For a lot of those women, that reality did not sink in until Tumblr removed a much of its NS, not safe, NSFW or not safe for work materials. In a class act move, Tumblr at one point decided to completely cleanse the entire website of all known materials that were pornographic or explicit in that degree in nature. And just to clarify, because it's been a while, and we did go over fandoms, and I imagine that just mentioning Tumblr isn't so much confusing factoid for some people, but now that we're here, let me just give the entire explanation for what Tumblr essentially is. Tumblr is a blogging website where there is a stream of content and is so independent from sites like Facebook because of the lack of personality manifestation, as in like no personal photos that would be associated with groups of friends that would be in a local area, enabling you to be an independent art poster, music poster, aesthetic poster with a complete and utter separation from anything that would tie you to your original identity. A lot of people go on there actually as LGBT representatives just because they want to create their own singular profile that is that poignant while at the same time that separate from their family system. And and on that note, a lot of those same people got tracked into that argument which was already happening before Tumblr decided to make that kind of move. A lot of people would just complain about the overall fandom. They actually grouped them together. It was called the Super Hulock. The Super Hulock was the conglomeration of four different TV shows that were extremely fetishized to an extent which sometimes the actors just don't even pay attention to it. Like in Sherlock, when the actors would literally just go, huh, and then maybe make a comment on it, but most of the time just pretty much create the most amount of impartial distance that they could between them and the overt sexualization that was already being managed by the supernatural staff. Doctor Who Another component of this fandom was a children's TV show. A lot of those same women would degrade My Little Pony fans on the male side over and over again. Which I thought was ironic because yeah, My Little Pony is a little girl's show, definitely. A lot of baseline animation, baseline life lessons, definitely aimed towards a younger demographic, if not exclusively for them. 
And it was only a small part, if any, of the population that would sexualize those horses. I know, right? Very fun stuff. I never actually saw any of that, but I, I gotta be honest, just hearing it and, and hearing the reactions was enough to make me feel like they already pretty much exiled those people. So I'm, I'm 95% certain that that problem resolved itself relatively quickly. While on the other side of the dot, this whole fandom, which featured women collaborating with younger women on the fetishization of older men in very interpersonal ways, to the point which they were taking children's shows involving actors who would actually make that much impartial distance, got to a singular point of hypocrisy in which even feminism as a whole was threatened. Yes, feminism, because a lot of those same women were feminists. And the joke here is that feminism is not something that can really be associated with this. So when those people who were a part of that movement and then a part of feminism eventually reached that apex point with the Tumblr porn purge, as it's called by some, they hurt the image of feminism as a whole. It was not about rape cases anymore. It was not about people going out and earning more money because of their genitalia. It wasn't because of the, the, it wasn't about the women's soccer team having issues legally with being paid less overall, even though they had much higher levels of popularity associated with them. It was about a couple women, a couple thousand to a hundred thousand women who fetishized men to the point in which they actively had to play along and, and most likely were forced into it because of the fan outrage that would have occurred and had their wives have to actively go through the social consequences of having that level of fetishization between their partners. Now, no doubt this isn't the biggest issue for Supernatural because they were very good and maintaining a sense of balance in the scenario and allowing a lot of these individuals who definitely did potentially have mental health disorders like depression because of the inherent social pressures on them, whether because they're LGBT or because they are discriminated against. But that does not excuse non-permissed sexualization, fetishization, fetishization that is done to a point in which it is actively affecting the actors in question. The worst part about all of this is that it happens on both sides. While Tumblr itself had that specific movement that was clearly consolidated, debased, and then eventually cleansed with a lot of people stating that while it had its positive moments, feminism as a whole did suffer a little bit of face because of that level of lack of consent that occurred. We are not actually going to be fully able to acknowledge the extent in which men 
or boys, whatever definition you want to use on the other side, have used their own artist skills to take without consent specific art pieces designated towards children out of context for the sake of sexualization without consent and of course without considering the aesthetic offerings that they're catering towards. In some cases things can be done tastefully. Sometimes the change of aesthetic Sometimes a person does a specific romance plotline because there is a seed within the narrative that implies it. But there's always the expansive expository that you can definitely measure that involves large amounts of art being created that debases the original intent that the artist maintained in the first place. And we could mention other examples, but I bring up one singular one, and that is My Little Pony. My Little Pony is a show that is very much a simplistic rendition of life lessons in a cartoon format that was never meant to dive any deeper into intimacy or into commentary on mainstream society, except maybe in a parody sequence which definitely did happen several times on YouTube to a very minor extent. However, even those parodies suffered from another incident of expository dialogue, which was their commentary on the dark side of the My Little Pony fandom from the men. Now, as w this is going to be an all-encompassing life commentary right now. If either, despite what gender you are, despite what you're actually interested in, whether it be Super Hulok as a conglomerated whole, or of course, My Little Pony, you never want to create a context in which the end result of an investigation that a child who gets into it would encounter is something that would make them feel that the fans are not healthy for the franchise. If it's about friendship and love, you do not want to create a context as an example in which those two examples are poisoned, especially when the large degree of the audience that's represented is younger girls and younger boys. Just as with On the End of Super Hulock, which is aimed more towards burgeoning adolescents who may or may not be LGBT in essence to find out that the next step, once you have become a fully integrated LGBT, is that you might encounter instances in which there is a fetishization of your sexuality to the point in which they are actively debasing actors who may or may not be fans of what's going on and creating a negative atmosphere for you to have to fight against. What's upsetting about all of this is that gay does not mean sex in any way. Enforcing things is also not what gay means. Gay is a beautiful term because it represents life in a sense. It just is a process that occurs sometimes. It's 
you could say nature's way of creating a spiral of, of synchronicity between two individuals that far transcends something that you would have expected just because of how chaotic and random it is, while at the same time of being of a, of a stable and ordered nature. However, when you make it a harassment, it becomes less about that kind of potential beauty and more about something you're just projecting endlessly into. And to coin a phrase, if you watch a boiling pot, you will never actually see it steam. Okay, here's that's that's kind of funny because that that's actually not the real quote. Got to work on that. That the actual quote is something about not wanting to watch a pot boil because it doesn't do it or something like that. But but the main point that I was trying to 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 imply is that if you gaze upon homosexuality with a fervent fervent fetishization then all you're saying is you don't want people to be gay and all you're saying is the moment shit goes south and people call you out on doing exactly the opposite of what you should be doing as a person that you won't actually be able to defend homosexuality you'll be an active proponent in saying that it is something that is a fetish rather than something that is an, a lifestyle aesthetic that is deeply ingrained in the person's own psychology and body and you know you it's it, you just simplify it that hard you make it something really 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 encapsulatable rather than something that you'd have to think about for a second what's ironic about this is that's what love is like you can't force love especially friendship love and the most ironic part about all of this is all of those fandoms ignored one singular part of the relationships between those characters those characters were already acting exactly how they are there's no circumstance they're psychologically projecting into that would give them that kind of fandom credit there's nothing like that happening it's literally what they're doing on the screen and what happens in Sherlock is Sherlock solves mysteries, thinks about why he feels socially pressured by his accomplice, and the accomplice makes commentary on the fact that he doesn't have his life together. That is their situation. And if you're talking about supernatural, it's two brothers. Two brothers who are very irritated but not explosively irritated at each other, only because of context involving ideological commentary. If you're talking about Doctor Who, the Doctor is a guy who isn't even human. He's far transcended from humanity. To be honest, he could fall in love with an AI system. It would still be inaccurate because he is that complex. There's no depth to these. There's no depth to any of these side-scrolling fandoms that involve Mario golden question mark boxes full of gold fetish marks. There's nothing. All there is is commentary on how people still to this day will would rather make blatant fetishization material rather than actually think about in real ways what love and intimacy actually represent. And I know I'm going in pretty hard on Tumblr and, and My Little Pony, and which is an implication about all the other males doing stuff with their own material obviously we we all know it but there is beauty 
There can be beauty and there can be complexity. It's art after all. Everyone makes art and everyone has the potential to make good art. I mean, I, I saw Welcome to Nightvale is an example of a show that has an actual homosexual loving relationship in it that was organically formed. And there is an actual piece of, of additive art that I, I recently viewed that had a wonderful rendition of the entire intro sequence that was very well done with a lot of depth to it too. That right there is an excellent example of a fandom taking itself seriously and projecting off of existing failures into a new world of appreciation and of consentful space. And of all things I would expect from Tumblr, consentful space is the first thing I, th I would have thought they would have been on. So anyway, we're going to wrap this up relatively soon because I think I've reached the apex of the level of commentary I wanted to make on those two different sides of aesthetic art culture involving the expansion of fandom material. So I will leave you with this. If you're actively making art to change someone else's art, the best comparison I could make is it's like when the Bible was a complete collection of materials, several different articles, there was one singular meeting in which they cut out a part of the Bible, the Apocrypha, which talks about Lilith, the original first wife of Adam. Great feminist reading material, trust me. Definitely check it out. That right there is essentially what anyone who does what that was is. In this day and age, we have to be more civilized than that. This is Beck Dustin, and I hope you have a good night. And above all, I hope you stay healthy out there.